This Israel report is brought to you by the Blue Agency. Your Israel property is in good hands. Owning properties in Israel can be a great investment, but challenging to manage if you're based abroad. The Blue Agency will manage every aspect of your property, finding and vetting tenants, maintaining your property and getting it rental ready, negotiating contracts and collecting rentals, reporting back to you regularly. The Blue Agency has built a reputation for trust and confidentiality over 20 years. The Blue Agency, your Israel property is in good hands. Contact us at www.thebueagency.com. The Israel Report for the latest news and insights with Anthony Reich. Bokatov, Anthony, how are you? Bokatov, Shavuotov, and I suppose we should also say Shana Ezrachitova. Uh, uh, happy New Year, happy 2024 uh, to all the listeners. And we do distinguish between Shana Tova, which is usually around Rosh Hashanah period, and Shana Ezrachit Tova, which is <clears throat> the civilian year. And of course, um, the uh, the celebrations around New Year are a little ambivalent in Israel because um, in years gone by, New Year's Eve was always referred to as Sylvester. And yes. for those who don't know where the Sylvester connotation comes from, it actually refers to Saint Sylvester, who was a pope, and he died in 335, in the year 335, on December the 31st and so that's why December the 31st has become Saint Sylvester's Day and it was a little ironic that it has all of these Christian connotations and the, the wonderful story about Saint Sylvester and I'm not quite sure they're two different stories but they're both around uh, revolve around a fishbone either that he himself died as a result of swallowing a fishbone that got stuck in his throat I've seen that story there is another version which says that the non-believers who were around him choked on fish bones that they were eating and therefore it became traditional in some circles not to eat fish on December the 31st or at least when you eat it to eat it very very carefully um, so that was the really the whole <laughs> Sylvester's Day uh, connotation and of course with strong Christian connections but since the arrival of all of the immigrants from the former Soviet Union uh, it's very much become Novi God rather than Sylvester Novigod, of course, is the uh, celebration that the Soviet Union created around uh, New Year, about around December the 31st, because, of course, in the former Soviet Union, uh, none of the Christian holidays or religious holidays were allowed. They were all banned and outlawed, and the Soviet authorities had to create something instead. And so uh, the celebration of the New Year became the main event in the former Soviet Union and still remains very much a central celebration in Russia today. And it's uh, it's a strong part of the culture of the people who come from the former Soviet Union who were so accustomed to celebrating. This was such a big deal in their calendars. Nobody would dare ignore Novigod or congratulate people and wish them uh, a happy new year, whatever was related to Novigod. So that was really it. And of course, in our particular case last night, we were uh, so, uh, welcoming in 2024 with a barrage of rockets from Gaza, uh, which seemed to be very uh, appropriately and specifically timed to coincide with uh, the the, the uh, striking of the, uh, the clock at midnight. Um, a barrage that came towards central Israel, reached areas around Modi'in and around Lod and around Rishon LeZion, didn't quite reach Tel Aviv or further north, 
but it seems to me that that was very much uh, timed on purpose to coincide with uh, the welcoming of 2024. There were some celebrations around Israel last night for New Year's Eve. Um, I think subdued, a little subdued in comparison to to what's normally the case. But as I say, for those listeners who are out there and having a day off today to celebrate the new year, I hope that 2024 will be for you a good year and for all of us a better year than the one that we've just experienced. Anthony, you know, while we're talking about how Israel was subdued, I mean, how subdued could it have been while the rest of the world was throwing fireworks into the into the night sky? Hamas was lighting up Israel's night sky with rockets. Correct, correct. That's exactly what happened. And as I say, you know, in years gone by, we've we've seen um, Tel Aviv in particular being very, very popular and and, and finding it quite difficult to get reservations at restaurants and and night areas um, for New Year's Eve. It's become uh, quite a big thing. But I would say that this year, very much less the case. And as you rightly point out, we were... Um, celebrating in inverted commas with uh, the rockets that were being fired from Gaza last night. Were there any injuries or um, any damage reported? No injuries or damage has been reported from the the, the rocket fire that we, we received last night. And it was a little ironic because earlier in the evening, the um, IDF um, spoke about uh, a slimming down of the number of soldiers that would be deployed in Gaza moving forward. And there was a, a formal announcement of the fact that I think five battalions would be released from Gaza to allow people to come home. Um, and I think that this not only potentially gave some sort of a, um, a, piece, a bit of strength to people in Gaza, understanding that there would be less soldiers uh, in Gaza moving forward in the, in the immediate future, uh, some sort of a partial pull out one could call it um but also um the you know just gave the 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 rocket firing uh, there was some discussion about the rocket firing capability and how significantly reduced the number of rockets were and um what i find to be um somewhat ironic is that um there was uh, an article that i read which showed how the number of rockets per day that were being fired from Gaza had reduced down. And now we've reached this point where there are only, only 14 rockets a day being fired from Gaza as opposed to previous periods when, of course, there were dozens and even hundreds of rockets being fired a day. So now after um, so long out in the field, of course, we are on day 87 of this war. So after 87 days of war, we've now reached the point where rocket fire can be reduced down to 14 rockets a day. That is the situation that we've reached. Um, and this apparently has justified a partial pullout of some of the soldiers in Gaza. I think that there is a lot more to um, the strategy behind pulling these soldiers out of Gaza, not only to slim down the number of soldiers operating in Gaza, but I think that there are a few things that we can read into the situation. I think thing number one is that we are getting ready for a much longer term operation, that we somehow need to rotate our soldiers. We need to get ready for a much longer term 
uh, a war and to allow people to come home and rest and to then rotate them back into Gaza where necessary. And this point was made by the IDF yesterday when they spoke about releasing some of those battalions. They did mention the fact that these are people who are very likely to be called up in the future. There is some discussion about the third phase of the war, which we are now going into. They're saying that this third phase could last nine months, it could last 12 months. There are some people who are talking about even two years of war in order to clean out uh, the Hamas infrastructure in Gaza. And in order to be able to do that, we need to kind of reduce the intensity a little bit and be there for the longer term to be able to have the manpower and to be able to have the support of the um, Israeli street for this uh, ongoing battle to to allow people to rest and to get the, the um, to, to be able to be back with their families and to get their jobs going and things like that, to allow them to have a life in the civilian phase as well, because there are people who are serving in Gaza who've been serving for 70 and 80 days without having returned home. Some of them hardly having had the opportunity to shower or change their clothes. So that kind of intensive situation is not sustainable in the long term. And so I think we're now moving into a situation where we're going to be um, ready for a much longer term battle and to rotate our soldiers in and out to allow people to have the rest that they need and to keep their lives outside of the military and going as much as possible. I think that's the first thing. The second thing I think is now that the kind of um, uh, strong response from the air and from the ground has been done and a lot of the, the work um, above the ground has been taken care of, I think that the next phase will involve much more precise and potentially lower intensity type work going into the tunnels. Uh, that sort of work which doesn't necessarily require many people but requires much more accurate and much more scientific operation. And so therefore I think that the next phase of the war is not only going to be involving less than manpower but I think it's also going to be involving much uh, much more trained and much more professional people who have uh, more specific jobs and capabilities to be able to to take out um, uh, in a more scientific way the Hamas infrastructure. And I think that that's where we're moving to now in the next phase of the war. Of course, time will tell. And it's very difficult to, to try mm -hmm. to predict exactly what will be. There has also been talk of a construction of a one-kilometer security zone around the Gaza-Israel border, and apparently this has already commenced, and, and this one kilometer no man's land along the border um, is uh, uh, reported to be involving both land from the Israeli side of the border and from the Gaza side of the border, which has of course um, brought people out saying occupation, occupying the land and all that kind of uh, talk that we've become so accustomed to all the uh, rhetoric and the emotive speak that we've become so accustomed to. Um, but this, I think, is also going to be part of the third phase. What is not clear to me is what will be happening inside Gaza with those civilians, because as of now, the civilians, the refugees that are being cleared out from the north and from the central part of Gaza still happen to be in the south. Egypt is certainly not letting them in. Jordan has made clear that they have no interest in letting people into their land. So they are going to remain in Gaza. And the question is how the IDF will be able to continue their operations in southern Gaza with such a high population, intensity of population. There are many people, not only those who originally lived there, but many have moved from other areas. So the question is what the population movement is going to be moving forward. That, of course, 
remains to be seen and we will follow that quite carefully. Yeah, on that note, I see Tony Blair, the former UK Prime Minister. Um, he's been brought in to negotiate. Maybe we can talk about that tomorrow. But Anthony, can we just get back to the rough Yeah, or not. Yeah, I mean, and he was... there uh, have been denials from Tony Blair's office saying he's not getting involved. So, yeah, we can talk about that. We definitely okay. can. 100%. Um, you know, when these rockets were going off, I was I was asleep because I'm up at 3 a.m. every morning to prepare for the show. Um, so, you know, I've got two phones, the rocket alerts were going off, and outside were the fireworks that were going off. It all happened at the same time. And my first thought was, okay, I actually can't say on radio what my first thought was, but my second thought was, this is telling me that Hamas actually still has very much control because the fact that they could send off those rockets at a time that they wanted to they, they sent them off at midnight because they wanted to it's not because the IDF was attacking them at that time it was retaliation they are in control of that and that was very concerning to me um, do you want to respond to that or should I just put it out yeah, there I mean, I, th- that's, I mean I think that's why we need to continue this operation I think we're not o- this is not over by far yeah. and there is a certain level of control that Hamas certainly have in some parts of Gaza um, I don't know that they have full control over everywhere. I think that um, a lot of their capability has been destroyed. But there is little doubt that they certainly have some control over some areas and are still able to do some things. And that is the reason why we can't stop now. Absolutely not. But that has got to continue until all of those capabilities are destroyed. And when the IDF troops are going into kindergartens and finding infrastructure in the kindergartens and within the tent establishments that have been set up for refugees, then it's become clear that we can't simply bomb from the air and clear that infrastructure out. That is not going to work any longer. So now we need to be more scientific and more accurate and and, and be able to somehow move our way through the civilians in order to get to the infrastructure. It's not an easy job. It's a thankless job. There will be civilian casualties along the way, but in order to our, allow us to live safely as we wish to do here, we unfortunately have to continue this job. Anthony Reich, once again, is so informative. I really love our conversations, and thank you, thank you, thank you. Look forward to speaking to you tomorrow. Thank you so much. That's Anthony Reich, absolutely brilliant. Um, and uh, I do apologize that your news is a little late, but it was worth it, right? That Israel Report was brought to you by the Blue Agency. Your Israel property is in good hands. Hi, it's Barry Cohn from the Blue Agency. Israel is currently facing one of its biggest challenges ever. All of Klal Israel is praying for the safety of our soldiers and the return of the hostages. We hope and pray that our soldiers and security forces will prevail and that they will all return home speedily and triumphant. We hold the hands of our clients and friends who have children serving in Sahal, who are protecting Israel and Jews around the world. May Hashem protect us all.